Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Now every week we dive into the deepest oceans, we transverse the widest seas, all of that in search of the best information about the markets to bring right back home to you. Isn't that nice of us? Hey, by the way, Finding Dory is hitting theaters and that got us thinking a little bit about Disney movies. Now, almost every Disney movie follows about the same formula, right? In the first two minutes, a mother or wife dies, or maybe a child's kidnapped or incapacitated. But from there, it's 90 minutes of madcap comedy and adventure. <laughs> kind of a little bit like the stock market. And this week, we take a look at what markets do when faced with tragedy. Now, as we record this, the Pulse Massacre in Orlando happened just under a week ago. And we'll get serious for a minute to look at how Wall Street responded to that attack. Some stocks moved in surprising, maybe troubling ways, and we'll take a little bit closer look at how things responded and what it says about the markets in general. Hey, it won't be all dour, though. There's still plenty of stuff to make fun of. The long-awaited Fed decision came out last week. We'll take a closer look at that. Microsoft paid $26 billion to hold on to my digital Rolodex, and it still hasn't gotten me a job yet, but anyway. Uh, and the good people of the UK are preparing to vote on exiting the European Union. And we'll preview just what to expect there. So this is the Just Keep Swimming edition of Offbeat Wall Street. Hey, we're not going to let the market scare us, no matter how dark or convoluted they look. We going in there? Yep. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney? Yep. We're going to just swim straight. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Sorry? Just keep swimming. That's catchy. I can't get it out of my head. All right, let's take a look at the market. Now, last week was uh, kind of an uninspiring one on Wall Street. Investors got some mixed signals about interest rates, and that put a bit of a damper on the market as we looked ahead to another six weeks or so of speculation. Meanwhile, there's a large amount of uncertainty about where Britain's going to land and its upcoming vote about staying in the European Union. Now, it's hard to say just how much the so-called Brexit matters to your average judge. Uh, Joe Flag, everyday American. After all, he's already got a lot on his mind. He's already on the fence about Donald Trump, although he's pretty sure Dale from The Walking Dead is still alive. And believe me, my wife is hoping that's the case, too. But over in Europe, the Brexit specter has been messing with the markets for a while, and it's only likely to intensify as the vote gets closer. But for now, let's focus on interest rates and in the U.S. for just a second, or, or 10 or so. Last week, the Federal Reserve meeting finally came, although, as the poet said, it came not with a bang, but with... A whimper. After weeks of speculation that at one point investors were betting one to four that there was going to be a possibility of a rate hike, well, the Fed left rates unchanged. Now, that happened just as economists expected. The dismal May jobs report took all the steam out of the Fed's rate hike schedule. So the question becomes, if not now, when? Well, in its statement, the Fed noted that economic growth appears to have picked up. Okay, that suggests a rate hike soon, but they also said jobs had diminished and business fixed investment had been soft. Now that likely means that uh, things have been pushed off, you know, kind of like the chores around the house. So the dishes are starting to stack up. The so six officials are now predicting a single rate hike this year, and that's up from one at the previous meeting. 
However, the Fed's so-called dot plot still signals two rate increases this year, even though the Fed reduced their 2016 GDP forecast to 2% from 2.2%. And for her part, Fed Chair Janet Yellen insisted that the slowdown in the first quarter appears temporary and that wage growth may finally be picking up. All right, so the people making the decision don't really seem to know what's going on. Yeah, that makes two of us. Yeah, and that's when it's time to turn to the markets. Now, bets on the federal funds rate are currently pointing to a 12% chance that the Fed will raise rates in July. Now, the next decision is set to be announced on July 27th, and there's a little less than a 1 in 8 chance. Now, the chance that rates will be higher by September now stands at just under 25%. November's looking right about the same. The markets are currently predicting a slightly lower than 50-50 chance that the Fed will hike rates sometime this year. That means that much of the market doesn't even trust the Fed doves, who are saying that one rate hike this year is likely. All right, all right, enough about the Fed. On to some other people now who might not know what they're doing. I'm sorry, but I really, really, really think we should swim through. And I'm really, really done talking about this. Over we go. Come on, trust me on this. Trust you. Yes, trust. It's what friends do. Look, something shiny! Where? Oh, it just swam over the trench. Come on, we'll follow it. All right, okay. software giant Microsoft announced a major acquisition last week, the company reaching a deal to acquire business social media giant LinkedIn. The all-cash transaction is valued at $26.2 billion, inclusive of LinkedIn's net cash. The official purchase price, $196 per share. That deal gave LinkedIn a premium of nearly 50% to where it was trading before that announcement was made public. Microsoft, though, has a bit of a shaky history with acquisitions. You might remember they bought the handset unit of Nokia in a deal that closed about two years ago. Well, by the middle of last year, Microsoft had to write down more than the total cost of the transaction, and they also laid off thousands of employees as part of a restructuring of that unit. Now, that followed another high-profile acquisition of Skype, which has brought, shall we say, less than rave reviews. But the LinkedIn deal was seen as a possible sign of a buying boom in Silicon Valley. Investors look to which new economy darling might be next on the auction block. One obvious candidate? Twitter. Yeah, shares of Twitter climbed more than 9% at one point on the day that the LinkedIn deal was announced, although it backed off a little bit before the close. Meanwhile, the Fed wasn't the only central bank that made headlines by not doing anything last week. The Bank of England voted unanimously to not do anything to maintain its record low interest rate and keep the size of its asset purchase plan unchanged. Meanwhile, the Swiss National Bank maintained its monetary policy as well. The Swiss currently have a negative interest rate, a rate of negative 0.75 on site deposits at the central bank. Japan's also sticking with its negative interest rate policy. The Bank of Japan voted 7-2 to to keep its key rate at negative 0.1%. Boy, and just as an aside, uh, how do I get to be on the panel member that votes to do absolutely nothing? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, maybe I could uh, write a letter to Congress. Yeah. Anyway, as we pay tribute this week to the world of Finding Nemo, hey, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention last week's big Disney news. Yeah, Disney Shanghai finally opened to the public. It's the first Disney resort in mainland China, and it opened to rain and long lines. Kind of like your typical day at every other Disney park. But the $5.5 billion park boasts 983 acres of attractions and the biggest, tallest castle in any Disney park. Now, at this point, I'll refrain from mentioning the two-year-old boy who was snatched by an alligator at another Disney resort. Instead, we'll move on to other tragedies. Where did everybody go? Get inside the house, Coral. No, no, Coral, don't. They'll be fine. Just get inside you right now. No! Oh! 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 
All right. As we record this, all kidding aside, we're less than a week removed from the tragedy in Orlando. And in case you somehow don't know, 49 people were killed and another 50-plus were injured during a terrorist attack slash hate crime at a gay bar called Pulse. Now, this happened late Saturday, early Sunday. On Monday, of course, the stock market opened for business as usual. And somehow, stocks had to deal with the aftermath of that tragedy. Now, when people talk about the markets, one of the benefits is efficiency. Markets are supposed to take in all the supply and demand signals, put them together, and spit out a price. Now, this makes them efficient, but it also makes them a bit callous. So, for instance, the killer in the Orlando attack used an AR-15 rifle to commit the killings. The controversial weapon was the same type that was used in the Sandy Hook massacre. Early Monday, shares of gun manufacturers jumped on Wall Street. Smith & Wesson and Sturm, Ruger & Company were both posting notable gains in the immediate aftermath of the attack. Why is that? Well, because for whatever reason, mass shootings are correlated with spikes in gun demand. Now, this might be because potential customers fear that highly publicized shootings will eventually lead to increased restrictions on guns, so people try to get things done under the wire. The markets also react in unexpected ways to tragic events. This comes as traders try to reason through the wider implications stemming from whatever it is that just happened. So on Monday, airline stocks took a dip. The reason for that? Well, traders were betting on the fears that random mass shootings might cause people to stay away from public places. They might cancel or put off vacations. Also, the general specter of terrorism also hurts airline shares. This is all pretty common. Uh, after the uh, September 11 terrorist attacks in 2001, the stock market was closed for the rest of that week. And when it did reopen, the Dow plunged nearly 700 points in that first day, setting a single-day record. But some sections of the market fared pretty well. Defense and security technology companies Companies saw increased investment. Bets that the companies would soon be seeing increased revenues as the country got used to the new security reality. So I guess the bottom line is, well, you don't go to the stock market for sympathy. For that, hey, maybe you need a fish tank. So, which one is it? I'm from the ocean. Ah, the ocean. The ocean! Ah! <laughs> he hasn't been decontaminated yet. Jacques! Wait. Oui. Clean him! Oui. Ocean! Ooh, la mer! Bon! Voila, he is clean. All right, time now to take a look ahead at what's upcoming this week. Now, like I mentioned before, the headline event is going to come out of the U.K. A referendum is scheduled for June 23rd. Uh, that's Thursday for those of you that don't have one of these uh, fine calendars handy. And uh, that vote will determine whether or not Britain stays a part of the European Union. And the vote looks like it's going to be pretty tight. Recent polls from the BBC are showing... 45% favor leaving the EU, while 42% want to stay. And there's around 13% who currently list themselves as undecided. Over on this side of the pond, the housing market will be in focus this week. A couple of reports on home sales are set to come out. Now, one will detail so-called existing home sales. This tracks sales of homes that have been previously owned, and it represents the biggest part of the housing market. Meanwhile, details will also be released on new home sales, and this gives a look at sales of newly built homes. This week, we'll also see the release of some stats on durable goods orders. That's a pretty good gauge of the health of the heavy manufacturing sector, and a report on consumer sentiment is due out as well. And yes, another boring week in terms of corporate earnings news. The biggest name set to report its quarterly results? BlackBerry. Yeah, the maker of uh, Hillary Clinton's favorite smartphone is expected to post a loss for its latest quarter. That loss is expected to be wider than the loss that it posted the same period last year on revenues that are expected to drop around 30%. Elsewhere, KB Home and used car dealer CarMax, along with mobile homemaker Winnebago, are set to release their results this week. And this week will also give us a chance to get back to the interminable task of worrying about the Fed. Yeah, grab your thumbs. The Fed Chair Janet Yellen is set to appear before a panel of lawmakers this week. 
The appearance is part of a regularly scheduled testimony before Congress in which she attempts to explain basic economics to our elected officials. So basically for a few hours, they'll ask her questions that can't be answered, and then she'll try to answer in a way that really doesn't say much of anything. Uh, Sounds like much of my high school career. Hey, does anybody here speak whale, by the way? Maybe only speaks whale. See, he's swimming away. Come back. He's not coming back. We offended him. Maybe a different dialogue. All right, thanks, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. Hey, if you like the show, please go to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, go ahead and rate and review the show. Good ratings help other people discover the show. So it is very helpful. Uh, you know, So make sure you give us a good rating. And hey, even if you didn't like the show, give us a good rating anyway. Right? It keeps us all off the streets, out of trouble, and keeps us somewhat busy in between episodes of The Walking Dead. Also, let all your friends know that we're here. Check out our website at offbeatwallstreet.com. Starting to come a little bit better. The paint is finally dry. The carpeting is starting to get laid down. The pictures are all just about straightened on the hooks. And well, there's still a little bit of work to be done, but hey, why not check out some additional content there throughout the week? You can also follow us on Twitter at OffBeatWallStreet, and uh, that's spelled S-T like on the street sign. And, of course, a great special thanks to our good buddies at RTT News. You know, they provide a lot of the news and stats that we use in the show, so if you want up-to-date info on the markets, or if you want to pretend like you're Janet Yellen and explain uh, basic economics to people, hey, uh, have RTTNews.com in front of you while you're doing that, and uh, trust me, nobody will be the wiser. (laughs) I've made a career out of it. Hey, and as we say goodbye, I just want you all to know that whatever happens you'll always be my squishies i shall call him squishy and he shall be mine and he shall be my squishy come here squishy come here little squishy have a good week everybody just keep swimming just keep swimming Now, the next decision is set to be announced on July 27th.